It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. It is the uh, Monday afternoon quarterback edition of the PJ Show. We've got uh, the gang all here. We've got a busy week this week. We've got crazy weather, uh, an October hurricane, a very strange and rare thing. And uh, here we are. Uh, wouldn't you know, it's going to possibly uh, impact uh, sports in Eastern North Carolina and, and maybe even the ECU game. We're, we're waiting to get definitive word on that. Nothing official. Everything's rumor at this point. Uh, but uh, we'll uh, we'll update you as soon as we may know uh, something uh, soon or, or may not for a couple of days. Who knows? Uh, we do know they're moving high school games up left and right. Uh, a little bit ago, Brian North tweeting out that uh, the game with uh, Rose at Northside Jacksonville has moved up to Thursday. So that means we'll have Rose football for you on Thursday night. I know here in Pitt County, uh, Aiden Grifton's game against Green Central has moved up to Thursday. So. Uh, Ben will have the latest he can provide for you on that coming up at the bottom of the hour before we get into our pirate report. First, we say hello to Ben, B-Baby Byram, who continues to uh, huff chemicals. Hey, Ben! Not voluntarily huffing chemicals. He's forced to because something in the building is uh, awry. I don't know what it is. This is terrible. There's some funny business going on around here. It's Look, I... I'm not going to lie. I was a little woozy by the end of the uh, the network broadcast. I was a little woozy-headed. It's like I'm huffing gas or paint right now. I, 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 I don't know what it is. It's no wonder I'm the way I am. What? You've been huffing that for a long time then, if that explains the way you are. It's, no. Maybe so. I blame it on Maybe, the building. You can blame it on the building. Oh, it's terrible. Uh, we'll, we'll have uh, Cookie here in just a little bit as well. A uh, big NFL weekend for those guys. Uh, so we'll get into that segment. Some more fun there. Uh, we start, though, with the Pirate Report. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Coach Houston, uh, his uh, immediate thoughts following the very disappointing double overtime loss to Navy. 23-20 on Saturday night. Well, obviously not the ending we wanted. Um, knew the game would be like that. You know, it's, that's just, you have maybe two weeks to get ready, and that's just, Coach Nehemiah does just a phenomenal job. It's exactly what we expected. So, proud of our kids. Thought we fought our tails off. Um, gave ourselves a chance to win. You know, got to make plays. And that's, you know, you can look back and you get in a ball game like that, there's going to be a dozen plays that get magnified Okay, one way or the other. Okay, and that's it is what it is. So obviously, extremely disappointing, but you know, proud of the way the kids fought. That was a great, great environment there in the in the stadium, and just thankful for our fans the way they support us. Just hate hate it for the kids right now that uh, you know you're sitting here not winning. I'm gonna uh, kind of give my two cents on the game after we get through some of these cuts. Now I'll. 
I'll make some statements as we go along here. Uh, this is Coach Houston on the Holton Aylers interception. Second one, you got two timeouts. Get the first down. He usually had the first down. You got two timeouts. You know, just it's just a poor decision. He's got to make a better decision right there. Yeah, it couldn't have come at a worse time, and not a not a great night for Holton Aylers. Uh, we'll have some of his comments here in just a little bit, but uh, he was and, and look, Navy was not doing any. Well, let, let's hear what Coach Houston says about the Navy defense and the complexity of it, because I don't think it was all that complex what they were doing up front. But let's hear what Coach says. I mean, it was complex. You know, the looks that they're giving us is, are, are very, very complex. You know, you're just you know the, the the twists and it's choreographed. The twists, the drops, the pressures you know we made some adjustments at halftime able to do some a uh, little bit more effective things against them but that's a very good defensive unit there no they are and and look I get what he's saying the twist and how they were disguising things all of that was fairly exotic and, and well uh well camouflaged pardon the pun but um I, I you know a lot of the night they were just right they just had four guys and it was just, they were kind of firing the missiles. Again, pardon the pun. And the guys were just quicker than the ECU offensive line. I mean, that's that's kind of how I saw it. That's all there really was to it. Now, again, they were probably, you know, disguising some of that. And they were there were times they did bring some additional pressure. But, I mean, a lot of that was four guys getting the, you know, getting the, the push there. And that's probably what was so far. But it was just four quicker I want to say smaller, but I mean, compared to the offensive line for the Pirates, somewhat smaller guys that uh, got to the quarterback. And, you know, there was a lot of the question as to why Rajay Harris was in there so much. We'll, we'll hear what Coach Houston said in the aftermath of Keaton Mitchell. But a lot of that, too, is Rajay Harris is probably the better pass blocker. Uh, you know, out of the running back, out of that infamous running back room, he's probably the best pass blocker. So that's a lot of the reason he was in there as much as he was. What was weird I, is I we a, didn't we didn't challenge him in the pass all that much when it came to the Navy defense. Well, I mean, we kind again, of played to their level and played a lot of run run first offense. Again, what they were doing was, I mean, troublesome. I mean, it, it gave ECU problems. What they sh- what the Pirates should have done. Who am I? But if you're going to run like that, especially on first down, you probably should have gone with a power set and just tried to – because that's the re, that's the way you get those linemen from being as aggressive as they were, is run the ball at them. And spreading them out, trying to run it, was not successful. But I understand, again, Harris is probably your, your, your most veteran guy at that point with no Mitchell, but he's the better pass blocker uh, in there. So that was the reason he, I guess, logged as many snaps as he did. I, I was a little, well, I, I was a little surprised we didn't see Marlon Gunn, especially there was a lot of talk in the week that Marlon Gunn was going to get some time in this game, and we, and we ended up not seeing him. Um, so, again, that, that some of this is some, you know, my own observation, but also some of it is just kind of an educated hypothesis on my part why maybe we didn't see certain guys but but the gun thing 
is a little confusing. Well, um, maybe they anticipated that it was going to be more of a blowout, maybe more of a one-sided game on their end, and that they would have Marlon Gunn come in late while they were up, maybe like three or four touchdowns. Yeah, but, but but that's but it, but see that that's a waste of. I mean, it, especially now if you're in the mindset of we're going to redshirt him. Yeah, that's a waste of. I mean, you need him. It's next man up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you literally your best running back got hurt pretty yeah. pretty early on. I mean, it's time to. Time to adjust, make adjustments, which is, I think has been an issue in this game. Not a lot of adjustments made. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's let's run through some of these other cuts. This is Coach on the Elijah Morris targeting call. Well, I think it hurts you. I mean, he's your most steady defensive lineman. Um, I don't agree with the call, uh, but, you know, I'll take a look at the film and, and see what we think. But, you know, it's unfortunate because you have a – they're going to end up punting out of basically their own end zone, and, you know, you end up, you know, flipping the field because of the penalties. So. I thought he made a good play. On top of uh, the ejection, uh, there was that. You you extend a uh, down or drive, and and that does kind of change the complexion of that particular uh, a drive. Um, we'll we'll see what happens. What coach says, top of the hour on uh, Inside ECU Athletics with Mike Houston, the radio show. Anxious to hear what he has to say uh, about that uh, coming up. Um, now there was the Holt Naylor's hit while he was sliding. Uh, at at first, I didn't think this was. It was probably the right call. I thought at first, you know, but I also am of the opinion, having seen it again a couple times, if we're consistent with the call, you 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 flag Navy there. As Holton was sliding because he was into his slide. Um, at least that's that's. That's the conclusion I've drawn here on this Monday afternoon quarterback edition. So let's hear what Coach said about that. I don't know. Uh, I mean, you can try to get the officials in here and let uh, you guys can interview them because I asked the same question. You know, the rule is when the quarterback starts to slide, he's protected. I think everybody in the stadium saw that that was not the case. I, I, just, I, I don't understand that. Ben, should we have a referee press conference? With American refs, probably so, because this is a reoccurring <laughs> thing, not only in football but basketball as well. So, I, they, you might need, they need some kind of conference. Yeah, you might need a translator with the yeah with may, the American official. Very well, so Mike Oresco, right. we need him. He'll tell you everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, uh, Coach Houston on Keaton Mitchell. You know, it obviously hurts you. Uh, we're fortunate to have Rajay, uh, but you know, obviously, you know, you want to. A fresher, you know, one-two punch right there. But uh, I thought Roger did a lot of good things. Uh, we'll hopefully get more of an update again. Coaches show top of the hour on on Keaton Mitchell's status. Uh, when asked about his team's turnovers, Mike Houston. The one down deep in our in in, in our territory was big. You know, gave them an opportunity to set up for a score. We weren't able to keep them out. Um, the one in regulation was big because we had a chance right there, maybe win it in, in regulation. So it's uh, you know, like I said. You know, before we started the game, you know, that's turnovers and penalties were going to be paramount in this ball game because I did very much feel like this game was going to come down exactly the way it did. I and mean, that's just that's what you expect when you play that bunch. And uh, it uh, is a, a situation where Coach Houston says a lot like last year, they're going to play a lot of close games, he thinks. In 2012, we lost our first conference game on the season of, you know, hard-fought battle, and we won the conference championship. So uh, it's not like you're out of it. Uh, they're going to be in a bunch of ball games like this. This league is week in, week out. This is what the league's going to be like. 
So you're going to be in a bunch of situations where it's going to come down to the kick at the very end of the ball game, where it's going to come down to the last drive. So, uh, you know, we had that last year. Uh, it's going to be like that again this year. Yep. And I'm going to say this too, uh, since I didn't earlier, uh, look, Navy, Owen two had the week to prepare extra week to prepare again. That's, that's been brought up again in those comments by coach. It's been chronicled. It's been, I'm sure talked about with the league office from the ECU perspective. And, and it is for early in the season, especially probably a little bit of a, it's an advantage. Let's just, let's, let's call it like it is. It's an advantage to have that, that kind of week to prepare, but Navy did a, a hell of a job. Navy's well coached. They're young, but they're well coached. And they played like a team that was desperate for a win. This is not a knock on any ECU staff or the ECU players. Navy played better. On Saturday night, Navy, not overly, because I, I thought there were some decisions Niamato Lolo made that. Oh, he was desperate. Him. He was just, he was well, really, no, yeah, really, he was, yeah. he was, he was moving pieces. Cause you're right. He was, they were desperate for a win. So he was doing some things that maybe were a little out of he, character. He made some reckless decisions for sure. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And it, and it well, worked to his credit. Some of them worked. Some of them didn't. They, reckless. Cause they worked probably cavalier. Let's say it was, it was probably going against the Navy grain to make some of the decisions he made, but he was trying to win a football game. Um, I thought, though, that their their guys were better prepared in some aspects, and they certainly executed better. Doesn't mean that the ECU game plan was not good. Doesn't mean that Donnie Kirkpatrick doesn't know what he's doing. Doesn't mean that the players stink. It, it doesn't mean any of that. It's just on Saturday night, they were the better coach team, and they executed better. And that's, and that's going to happen. Uh, Holt Naylor takes responsibility for the loss after the game. It's a full game. Uh, it came down to one kick because we missed a ton of plays. I, I, I mean, it should have game came down to a kick at the end of regulation. He should have had a chance to win it. You know, instead of trying to tie it there in double overtime. So, um, like I said, if you want to put it on anyone, put it on me. Um, I mean, I gotta, I gotta continue to be better, keep being a good leader for this team, um, get through my reads better, um, just take what they give me, and uh, I just gotta be completely better. So, um, say, you know, put that game on Owen's kind of foolish. I mean, he he works super hard, um, and just put that game on me. No, no. Uh, he talks about this uh, Holton, the interception he threw late. Yeah, absolutely. I should just run, took him as many yards as I could and got out of bounds. Um, I mean, that's 100% on me. And uh, if I put us in field goal range there, give us a chance to win it. So I take full responsibility of that whole entire game, honestly. Um, I, I had a couple plays I wish I could have took back, including that one. And what he saw on the INT. Yeah, um, I just hit kind of the same play to Isaiah. Um, I should have just ran, like I said, just took the yards, got out of bounds. Um, I think it was 25 seconds left around there, and, and we needed to get a lot of yards. Not a lot of yards. We had to get, you know, 20, 25 yards there. I was just trying to make a play, and just 100% on me. All right. A uh, couple more here from uh, Holt Naylor's uh, on what he saw from Navy defensively. Uh, I mean, they had two weeks to prepare for us, um, and they, they called a great defensive game. Um, I mean, they, they kept us on our toes really the whole game. Um, they did a, a, a couple new things. Couple new blitzes that we hadn't seen with coverages behind it um, that we hadn't seen. So, um, hats off to them. But you know, then you know, it comes down to us, and we just got to execute better. Okay, uh, Ben. Let's move ahead to the, what he said changed defensively from Navy 
from the first half to the second half, cut 16 on the vast sound yes. roster. Yeah, same thing. Um, they did a really good job of of scheming us up, honestly, the first half. They did a really good job of that, and uh, we couldn't really get the ball moving. Second half, they, they did blitz a lot more, a lot of quick throws that we had to take. Um, they were sending man blitzes there, and our receivers did a really good job of catching the ball there. It's just it's a hard game to, to play if they're going to you know blitz like that and, and play the whole game or play the whole second half like that. And uh, that was kind of why your know, run game was getting tough, getting going in the second half because they were sending so many. And then uh, last thing from Holton we're going to play here is uh, when Keaton did go out, how that impacted ECU's offense. Yeah, I think Raj is ready to go, though. I mean, Raj is one of the best backs in this conference, too. So, uh, I mean, obviously losing Keaton is huge, but uh, we have we have confidence in Raj too. And uh, we just got to, I mean, it starts with me, and it's got to be better and, and learn from this and see the film and uh, you know, still make a run in this conference. All right, we're going to get to our NFL sound bites next segment here, but I do want to hit a couple of Jeremy Lewis things here to wrap things up. Of course, the South Central product who played great. Uh, what he uh, thought about the way that the Pirate defense played, and they were, let me say this, they were superb on Saturday night. Uh, here's Jeremy Lewis. I mean, we played pretty well, but it's a loss, so I always feel like we could play better. Had some busts, some MAs, gave up big plays. Can't have that, you know, got to. Unfortunately, we're not going to fix play the triple option no more, so we ain't going to really correct it, but Man, if we take some of those plays back, it's a whole different ball game. So we could have played better for sure. And then uh, Jeremy Lewis on, I mean, this I think was a factor, especially on some of those plays that he's talking about that were busts. I mean, that defense was out there for a ton of time uh, in regulation. So uh, Jeremy Lewis on, you know, how the defense was, was out there as much as they were, cut 18. I mean, it's a great throw, but, you know, Big John, like, he gets us ready. We play four quarters of football. I'm pretty sure y'all have seen that this whole season. So, it's a lot of times where teams don't score in the second half versus us. So, playing all four quarters, it's nothing new to us, but it definitely takes a toll, of course. And then 20, uh, Lewis says you got to move on to the next game. Just got, it's not just the missed kick. It's a, it's a lot more than that. So, we just got to keep building, keep grinding. You know, we're going to come back come back tomorrow, practice, get better, and keep stacking days. I mean, it's all about the next play, next game, next day. So, we're going, we're going to go over this tomorrow, forget about it, move on, and then on to the next. All right, there you go. Uh, we will grab a break, come back, a couple more thoughts uh, maybe on the game, and then we'll get into some NFL sound and uh, some of the games from yesterday. Uh, and then uh, a replay, uh, an encore uh, of our interview with Chancellor Philip Rogers. He stopped by our uh, game day, Fort Game Day 2.0 set on uh, Saturday, so uh, we'll, we'll bring you some of the comments from that. Uh, That is uh, all still to come on this uh, Monday afternoon quarterback edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. Videos, articles, and what's going on in the Pirate Nation. I thought that's what Facebook updates were for. Like and comment on 94.3 The Game's Facebook page right now. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com. Pirates, Panthers, the P-Man. Oh, my. More of the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game right now. One of the favorite parts of the overreaction Monday afternoon quarterback is NFL chatter and some sound to go along with it. Uh, we bring in uh, Chris Cook. Ben is here. P-Man with you. Boys, I'm not going to lie. Yesterday I watched uh, 
just a little bit of a scan a bit of NFL. I had a breakfast meeting yesterday morning. I had to come home and do taxes because I figured the tax stuff would be less painful than watching the Panthers. And guess what happened, Ben? We won, but you were right. You were right. It was still a terrible <laughs> game to watch. I mean, the most boring football team in the NFL is the Carolina Panthers. So vanilla, that whole franchise. If not for the hideous Broncos-Niners game, it, it, you're saying it could have been the worst game of the weekend is what you're saying. Absolutely. I mean, the only look, let's be real. The only reason why we won that game or the Panthers won that game was because James Winston has, like, what, four broken vertebrae in his back or four <laughs> fractures. Hey, I actually he, thought Baker Mayfield played pretty good. I actually thought he played terrible. Oh, really? I thought he okay. just played wow. not very good at all. See, this is the beauty of the overreaction Monday. I was like, Winston, okay, he's finally got a little bit of dog in him. But I don't know. Maybe ah. maybe Ben's off the Baker Mayfield train. He's not he very be. good. He's not very good Famous at all right now. Jameis threw for 353. He also threw two interceptions. Uh, who's the receiver that's now emerged on the scene, Ben, for the Panthers? Uh, the, you're talking about the guy from yesterday who had the touchdown? Mm -hmm. LaVisca mm -hmm. Chenault Jr., the guy I've been crying for the GM and the coach to play here recently. Hey, they heard you. That, yeah, they finally they listened. Yeah. Hey, make me the GM. Make me the coach. May I ask you a question? Why is he on the bench? Uh, so they claimed that they were just trying to get him acclimated with the offense, but he got he ended up on the roster maybe like two weeks before the season started, so I would think he would be ready by then, but who mm. knows. Mm. Uh, he had a great debut, and Baker Mayfield threw for 175 yards and uh, a touchdown to him, and uh, this is... Matt Rule. Matt Rule after the game. Obviously, uh, fired up for the guys. Uh, excellent win. Great to be 1-0 in the NFC South. Um, uh, obviously not a perfect game. A lot of things that we still have to improve upon. A lot of things that showed up in the first couple games are still there. All right, there you go, Ben. You you know, you you likened him to Porky Pig, and I was like, oh, he doesn't really sound like Porky Pig. He stutters mama, a lot, mama, but no, mama, he, mama, he mama, sounds mama, exactly mama, like him. If yeah. they do another Looney Tunes reboot, he needs to be the voice actor. That might be his new calling. Are you still on the Fire Matt Rule train? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. Cool. So Absolutely. that that win wasn't, that played no indication that you like want him to stay? No, we played another depleted Saints team, and we got lucky. Okay. Hey, Ben, let me tell you something. Wins against the Saints just don't happen for the Panthers. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I like it. Don't get me wrong. I hate right. the Saints more than any other team, but, I mean, I'm not going to see her now like that was a masterful performance or that was a fun game to watch. Well, Baker Mayfield says it doesn't matter, Ben, because we won. Doesn't matter how we got there, we got to the winner's circle. I mean, we'll take wins whenever we can get them. They don't have to be pretty. Um, still got a lot of stuff to work on, obviously, but, uh, I mean, just the way the defense played and special teams, it's, it's, it's pretty great. Can I tell you what I thought uh, when I finally did sit down and watch some some football late yesterday? Okay, we were having a little little steak dinner, little sweet potato. Oh, you were salad. living it up, yeah. I know. I'm oh, jealous. Well, I earned it going. I earned it with the taxes yesterday, guys. I'm eating crumbs and crumbs. Well, <laughs> now you ate good Saturday. I took care of you Saturday. That is true. I, I do appreciate it. That was great. I, I, I brought you a little PT's uh, grilled chicken sandwich. That thing will change your world. Oh yeah, that's I got extra fries too. I was living it up. My food yeah, at the press box was elite Saturday. Was it good? Yes. What they it was. serve up there? They, uh, they, they had hot dogs, shrimp and grits, oh. cookies. Really? Like, I, I was grits. just having a ball out there. Yeah. What a, wow. What a bizarre combination. Now here's the question with the shrimp and grits cookie. Did you take a hot dog out of the bun and cut it up and put it in the shrimp and grits to replicate sausage? 
No, I, I like separating my food. I'm not a Good big like, combo food Are you guy. a food separator? I'm a big food separator, yes. God, you're so weird. <laughs> you're so strange. I used to be that way. Now I don't care. I just, you no. know, whatever's there. You got to savor every flavor. That's a good point. All right, so uh, I, I watched the end of the Packers-Tampa Bay game, and I thought, you know, Cookie would come in thumping his chest. But then I thought, not so fast, Cookie, and I'll explain why. But uh, the, the Well, go ahead, Cookie, gloat a little, because, I mean, your uh, guys went into Tampa yesterday. Now, but I'll, I'll tell you why you shouldn't gloat in a second, but go ahead. Okay, I'm going to tell you why I shouldn't gloat. That offense in the second half, absolutely ridiculous. Uh but I always love to see Rodgers getting a win over Brady because I years ago I was on the Rodgers is better than Brady train. I'm off that now, but it's always good to see Rodgers, you know, show up Brady. But the offense looked terrible in the second half. We're lucky to get the 14 points we did in the first half. I, I just wasn't impressed with the offense whatsoever. Um. Yeah, no, no, I, I understand. Uh, you also did it, what, Tampa was down their top three receivers, right? Correct, yes. That, that would have been an absolute massacre if Godwin and Mike Evans yeah. uh, were playing. And then what happened in the last two minutes of the game? Uh, we were one two-point conversion away from the game uh, <laughs> right. going to overtime, and then Rodgers being uh, five and one or one and five against Brady. Yeah. One two-point yeah. conversion away. See, I th Cookie, you're not as delusional as I thought you would be today. Uh, normally, I'm on the Packers Super Bowl train, but I'm just not impressed this year. I think they got a shot yeah. to make the playoffs for sure, but I don't yeah, see no. the Lombardi well, look, coming back home. It, it was a big win yesterday. It, that it was, yes. So this is Aaron Rodgers on the win yesterday. It is week three. Feels good, for sure. Could be some tiebreaker stuff down the line when you beat a team like this, but it's just week three. With the Bears one and the uh, Vikings one, so there's three two-and-one teams in the NFC North. Yeah, there you go. No lines. No, no. Hey, the Lions aren't bad this year. Lions are, I think, like the second highest scoring offense in the league. I, yeah, I don't think they're bad at all this year. I've never been a fan of Jared Goff, but he's really coming to his own. I feel like that's kind of all they have, is, isn't he? Yeah. Well, yeah. no, they, they got actually, Swift. They got Swift and he's Amon Ross St. Brown. Amon Ross Swift St. Brown. is hurt oh. now. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, their season's over. It was already over when it started. But they're scoring points left and right. Eventually, they'll they'll beat some people because if they can keep scoring points, right? Yeah, I mean right? they got they got some weapons on that offense they can work with outside of Swift. Did you all see where the Pro Bowl is going to? I did, uh, yes. Like flag football and skills competition, and now Omaha Productions is picking it up. What's yeah. your opinion on that? Soon? I'm curious. I don't think it matters. I don't think it I don't think I it mean, matters either. I'm I, actually I, for I, that because I mean, let's face yeah. it, the Pro Bowl's been like so soft like ever since mm -hmm. i've been watching football it's been so soft oh, I, I think, but here's the thing yep, it will ahead. outdraw anything else that is on television that weekend that's the sad state of affairs with it that's true that's true i, I thought it was weird though that everybody was complaining about how soft the game is and their response is to do a flag football game right, that, there's that, a little I mean, irony in that how about there's just a not do of... a game just make it an honor but no, I, I like it because it's just them being honest they're like look they're not going to play full contact we all knew that so let's just turn it into a flag football i respect game. that take that's a that's a that's an interesting way to look at it they're being honest i do i do like the idea that they've turned the kind of the production of it over to peyton manning's because i think if there's anybody who could think outside the box and create a little yeah make it fun make it fun it'll be you know Peyton Manning and any line whoever else is involved in yeah that. people love the Manning cast I mean I could see them making that happen with the Pro Bowl and making it work you know 
they got some kind of familiarity with some of those guys that are going to be in the Pro Bowl, so maybe they can make something happen. How do we feel about Rihanna doing the Super Bowl? Because it was Taylor I like Swift. I it a lot better than Taylor Swift. I I'll agree. Yeah, I agree. Rihanna's yeah. Rihanna's going to be pretty good, I think. Okay. I, I mean, it's, right. I, I don't really watch the Super Bowl for the halftime show, but – I mean, a lot of people do, and I think it's a way better choice than Taylor yeah, Swift. Yeah, I don't want to – when I'm hyped up for football, I don't want to hear about how Taylor Swift's boyfriend cheated on her, you know. That's all yeah. her songs. Yeah, it's yeah. just going to be, oh, I hate this dude yeah. or whatever. <laughs> right. songs, yeah. You guys aren't middle school girls. You don't want to hear Taylor You Swift. were trouble. Right. I understand. Uh, let's see here. Probably one of the worst games I would say in the history of football. You could say that. Is, I know that exactly what you're talking about. No, because it was a punting battle. It was a punting battle. Like the punters Broncos, had over 300 Niners yards. last night? Ooh. 11-10? Looked rough, yeah. I'm not impressed Ooh. with Russell Wilson. Qu- quick comment. I-, I found it weird that that was the Sunday night football game. Broncos, Niners. Like, they couldn't mm. change that. Uh, maybe they they want Russell Wilson in the spotlight, though. That's such yeah. a big Russ is kind him. of Russ kind of busted uh, when he was in the spotlight, uh, what was it, last Monday? Or, or was see, it a they, Sunday they're night? They're not making they're not making it week to week like college. They've set a lot of these out ahead of time, so they're thinking San Francisco. They've got the hot young quarterback. They're going to be good. You got Russ. Everybody loves to have – Yeah. So when they set the schedule and made it the game, but they weren't expecting eleven ten. Yeah, I know. I just know when they get later in the season, they have no problem changing yeah, the game fl- times well, they around. They flex it so, out yeah. later on. Yeah. Yeah, so, but early on, they, they don't do that. I think this game long. could have been afforded. Uh, you could have flexed it out and changed oh, it, it up. It, but... it deserved the uh, it deserved the uh, CBS D team one o'clock in the afternoon. Absolutely, <laughs> one that the Panthers get every week. Yeah. Well, we've um, been getting Fox, but still, it's not like they're a team or anything. Nathaniel Hackett says Russell William played great on the final drive. We needed a big drive there at the end. Uh, Russell came through. He started running around, making plays, and it was a thing of beauty. And uh, in the end, it's just about having one more point than the other team. My guy, Jimmy G, says he needs to work hard to improve on third down. I don't know. I was just thinking about it. It was kind of my first week with these guys, and I just got to get in a rhythm with them, especially like third down. I mean, we were terrible today, and I just got to get on the same page with those guys, and uh, we got to convert those. Mm. Mm. What a stand-up guy taking the blame, right? No, I mean, I, look, it's, I, I'm, I'm a Jimmy G fan. I am too, yeah. He's a winner. I'm a Jimmy G fan. Uh, let's see, anything else from yesterday that was uh, uh, Bill's Dolphins be- was a huge uh, Yeah, game. the OC throwing yeah. a tantrum in the, uh, in the booth. That oh, that was, was hilarious. That was I saw great. that. That was hilarious. Did you see that, Patrick? I did. That was good. I saw that on Twitter. And I love the guy uh, that was sitting next to him. He just kind of gives him like the weird side eye. Like, what, what is this guy doing? He was very upset. Uh, I was... Shocked to see two results, Colts over the Chiefs. That was a little shocking. That was shocking. That was, yeah. that was huge. Uh, and I was shocked to see my Jaguars. Oh, Jaguars knock off the now, Chargers. See, they might be a problem this year. <sighs> they got a coach now, boys. Trevor Lawrence, coach, that dude. I've been saying it forever. And, and I've all, yeah, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence can play. Well, what about Zay Jones? Oh, yeah. I'm, I feel like Big we're missing out on their biggest guy there, yeah. 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 Another quick comment. You talked about the Niners and the Broncos. How can you not bring up Jimmy Garoppolo getting a safety after running back out of the back of the end zone like Dan Orlovsky well, back in the day with the Lions? Who's had a, funny you bring yeah. that up because Kyle Shanahan says he's to blame for the safety. That was a tough situation I put him in. Um, that unblocked guy coming. Um, wish we'd had time for the big play and could have ditched it. Um, but it was a tough situation I put him in. And then there was the butt punt during the Dolphins game, right? Ooh, yeah, it was a, it was a, Mark Sanchez out there. 
That Mark Sanchez was cracking jokes on it. Yeah, Dan Orlovsky got, you know, he finally got even. Somebody else finally did what he did. And then uh, same for Mark <laughs> Sanchez. Those two guys got redeemed a little bit. They're all in the club now. They're Dan Orlovsky's had an interesting couple of weeks here. He's really had a... Parted on the air and then this. Yeah. Do you call him good oh, weeks? He he's not. getting he's he getting a lot of publicity. People are loving him. All right, tonight, and I have the cuts because Cookie didn't bother to do them, is Cowboys-Giants from East Rutherford, New Jersey. Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy says, Cooper, Roosh, has, <laughs> Cooper Rush has played well. Yeah, in the you absolute. butchered that. I was partially done with tongue planted in cheek. Uh, but Rush has played well. Ooh, I, I was saying outplayed, but played well in the absence of Dak Prescott. Talked about the comments. Um, I think, you know, like anything, um, you know, when you look at the whole thing and particularly the start, it's about winning, and, and that's all we really care about. But there's, there's no quarterback controversy. Well, yeah, because Rush is the better quarterback. You had a Jerry Jones was trying to make a quarterback controversy, I saw. Well, Jerry's always trying to do something to sell the product. And then, speaking of quarterbacks, Daniel Jones for the Giants, the Duke alum from Charlotte. We've got to uh, just come out and play our game. You know, I think that's the biggest thing. Um, you know, prime time or not, you know, we, we haven't won enough games, you know, over the last few years. They're going right. What a nerd. What a he nerdy, a little, a, yeah, nerdy voice. Sounded a little bit like Beaker. I talked like, kind of like this. That was perfect. Yeah. Reminds me <laughs> somebody. But, yeah. Hey, you had an easier time saying uh, DJ Ui Galele or whatever his name is and Cooper Rush, which was kind of Well, I was surprising. doing the Cooper Rush thing for comic effect. I know. I, I picked up on that. I didn't And pick up I couldn't that. say the Clemson quarterback. Now. By the way, Clemson, uh, one other comment from uh, the weekend before we uh, before we break away here. Uh, you did you? I didn't realize this, but I was telling Ben about it. They cut away on national freaking television from that game between Clemson and Wake Forest. Oh yeah, I know where you're going. To watch Judge go zero for three and walk, and maybe hit the seventh most home runs in a season all time. Interesting decision. So- How ridiculous is that? I, I see with their logic here, they're trying to grow the game, but that can turn a lot of people away from the game. It was just well, who cares? Yeah. It's the seventh most home. I mean, I understand it's the Yankees and it's trying to pass yeah. Gehrig and all, but I mean, honestly, Yankees already clinched a postseason berth too, so it's not like they're playing. Well, I mean, a meaningful it's the home run watch anymore. now, and yeah. it's not even the most home runs ever. I mean, yeah, that's, yeah, that, I agree. That, that was so that dumb. Was, They've been that doing that all smart. week though. Yeah, not good. And and I told Ben this cookie. So, Sonny and I had a game on Friday night television, two student sections, high school game. The student sections were lit. Uh-huh. And, you know, certain songs they would play, even throwback songs, like the kids would get into and they'd sing and they'd, you know, dance and all that. Oh, yeah, of course. And then, and then Ben, what's the, the thing with the Mets, the trumpet thing? Narco, Timmy Trumpet. Right. So, that's like, uh, I mean, we, we know what it is because we're sports fans, right? Yeah, that's Edwin Diaz's walkout song. Right. They played it at, in this game, and neither student section was react. They were all looking at their phones. Well, EC baseball fans think it's their thing. I understand that, but I'm <laughs> just saying it just shows you that baseball yeah. does not play on the national level. It just doesn't, and so it I'm doesn't saying. play to your guys' generation and younger. It just doesn't. I'm personally not a very big fan, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I was a big fan play. as a kid, and it completely lost me. Baseball, but, I mean, is, it, does, it yeah. just it it is a non-factor. And then you turn away from a great game 
to show this guy go over three. It's just baseball. It's a lot like NASCAR. It cannot get out of its own way. And yeah. don't even get me started on that hideous NASCAR race yesterday and their hideous playoffs. <laughs> I didn't even All know right. there was a NASCAR race yesterday. Nobody does. All right, we're going <laughs> to uh, grab a break, and we will uh, come back with more of the Patrick Johnson Show. Stay with us. Miss a moment. Remember, there will be a test. You can log on to the brand new 943thegame.com for the podcast of the PJ Show. Plus, what's going on with sports in Pitt County and around the globe. And the latest on the ECU Pirates. Log on today to the brand new 943thegame.com. You are dismissed. Pirate football lives on game days right here. Here we go. Hot, hot. On the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 943thegame. Ben Barmier for 94 through the game sports update. Taking a look at what's happened around Pirate Nation. Pirate football suffered a heartbreaking loss to Navy at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium Saturday, 23-20 in double overtime. A lot of questions about the play calling. Holt Aylers and Owen Daffer missing the kick in overtime in that game from fans. Holt Aylers in the post-game media press conference says to not put the loss on Owen Daffer and that should have never came down to a field goal in that game. Yeah, I haven't talked to him yet, um, but by no means uh, Owen Law didn't lose that game for us. Uh, I, I, like I said, I mean, I threw a pick there and then regulation. Could have possibly got a field goal, a chance to win it. So um, if anyone, if you want to play that game on anyone, put it on Holton Aylers. Don't put it on Owen Dapper. Stay tuned immediately after the Patrick Johnson show here at 6 o'clock as we'll bring you Inside Part Athletics live from Logan's Roadhouse. That comes your way at 6 on 94 through the game right here of Mike Houston. So he'll have comments on the game and their upcoming matchup against Tampa this Saturday against USF or in Tampa this Saturday against USF. Kickoff for that game is scheduled for 7 o'clock. There's also lots of speculation about that game potentially being rescheduled due to Hurricane Ian hitting Florida by that time. Right now it is purely just speculation. No current word on it being rescheduled. What we do know is that classes at South Florida have been canceled until Monday. We'll keep you updated on our social media pages at on four through the game on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram on possible reschedulement of that game. In the meantime, we plan on bringing you live pregame coverage for our Bushlight Pirate Game Day countdown with our very own Patrick Johnson and ECU football legend Terrence Copper. That comes your way at 4 o'clock on Saturday. Big weekend for ECU basketball as Coach Schwartz is keeping his promise so far of recruiting for regionally and locally. The program gets its very first four-star recruit and point guard Jordan Vick for the 2024 class. Vick is ranked in the top 150 for recruits as well as the top 20 in point guards in the nation. Vic is 5'11", 160 pounds from Southern Nash High School. Schwartz also added NBA vet Reggie Williams to the Pirate coaching staff as director of player personnel. The experience Reggie possesses from playing all over the world and as both a student athlete and professional brings incredible value to our program, says Schwartz. And from ECU women's soccer, freshman defender Jasmine Ferguson has been named to the AAC's Defensive Player of the Week. Ferguson's honor comes from her performance in the Pirates' 1-0 victory over the conference foe Houston on Thursday. In addition to contributing to the ECU's fifth clean sheet of the season of the game, Ferguson also scored the game-winning goal on a header in the 69th minute of the corner service from Sierra Lowry. That goal is the first of Ferguson's young ECU career. Taking a look at high school football locally, J.H. Rose's game has been rescheduled. They were set to play against 
excuse me, here against South, no, not South Central, Northside Jacksonville, excuse me, on Friday at 7 o'clock. That has been moved up to Thursday at 7, so we'll bring you live coverage, play-by-play coverage right here on 94th of the game, Thursday at 6.50 with Croft Massey and the legendary Ronald Vincent. Also, D.H. Conley has rescheduled their game against Havelock. It was also set for Friday at 7. That moves up to Thursday at 7. That could be heard on our sister station, 94-1 to 97-9 Groove and Oldies. Their soccer match- matchup has also been rescheduled against Havelock to Wednesday. That all comes your way once again, 94-1 to 97-9 on our sister station, Groove and Oldies. Moving on and wrapping it up with Carolina Panthers football. After their first win of the season over the Saints, head coach Matt Rule, who is on the hot seat, credited a few players for the win. Marquise Haynes, Frankie Lugo getting that ball out, and uh, LaVisca, you know, give us a spark on offense. So um, excited for the guys. Uh, 1-0, we'll have the same approach this week that we had last week. Just keep trying to get better and uh, try to do it again next week. So. Panthers also made a roster move today, waving rookie linebacker Aaron Mosby. That's going to do it for our 94th through the game sports update, brought to you by Team Boneyard, an initiative or NIL initiative directly supporting part student athletes. For more information on how to donate, go to teamboneyard.org. All right, stay tuned on the other side of this quick timeout. We'll have a replay of Chancellor, ECU Chancellor Philip Rogers from Pirate Game Day Countdown on Saturday on the other side of this quick timeout here on the Patrick Johnson Show. And Pirates. Oh, there. Panthers. Good, baby. Very good. The P-Man. Uh, but it's pants. This is Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. 94.3 The Game. The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. On Saturday from our Fort Game Day 2.0 location outside of the Town Bank Tower at Dowdy Ficklet Stadium, we had our Pirate Game Day countdown. And we welcomed on uh, our Saturday program prior to the Navy game the Chancellor of East Carolina University. Uh, he is Dr. Philip Rogers. It was great to have him stop by in our pregame. Uh, we talked about certainly the result notwithstanding football, uh, really having a triumphant return to uh, Greenville and ECU and Eastern North Carolina. And uh, this was the Chancellor's response, plus the interview we did with him. Football is back in Greenville, it's back in Eastern North Carolina. And, you know, I'm so proud to be a part of Pirate Nation. You look out over these tailgate lots, you see purple and gold everywhere. You see people with a lot of energy and enthusiasm. And it adds so much economic value to this part of the state when uh, we're playing an in-state partner, we're playing a great team uh, within our conference like Navy. And, and then, of course, you, you think about Mike Houston and the way that he's built this program the right way, bringing it back to uh, the place where we know it should be in uh, the American athletic conference uh, it's an exciting time to be a pirate it's an exciting time to watch football in dowdy ficklin since we uh, last spoke to you in this setting here on our uh, pregame show we've had the uh, uh, contract extension for um, director of athletics john gilbert we've had uh, mike houston get a, a new contract and an extension and a raise cliff godwin has had his uh, contract where a lot of the money that was incentivized is now guaranteed mike swartz have a new basketball coach so there's a lot of uh, continual investment in uh, coaches that have performed with uh, Houston and, and Godwin. And then uh, I, I hope, and I think a lot of Pirate fans do, quite frankly, I know you do as well, starting to really commit to, to putting the resource in basketball. And I know a lot of that's money, but it's also support 
and energy into to making basketball what it could be. That's exactly right. I, I think most people would agree that we're four for four uh, with those those four personnel and personnel investments, uh, locking in John Gilbert and Mike Houston, of course, Cliff Godwin. And then uh, Mike Schwartz is a great, great new addition to the Pirate family. And in addition to be a terrific coach and, and a great recruiter, he's someone who uh, who understands the culture that uh, we're trying to build here at, at East Carolina University within our athletics programs. And it just adds to the stability and the unity that we need right now to be successful. We have uh, Dr. Stephen Rod- or Dr. Philip Rogers, ECU Chancellor, uh, with us here on our uh, set as we get ready for ECU and Navy coming up at 6 o'clock uh, tonight. There's a lot afoot in uh, college athletics, and uh, the Big Ten kind of making some shockwaves or sending the shockwaves through. Uh, college athletics again with UCLA and Southern Cal going to the Big Ten. And that obviously has led to just uh, a ton of speculation about conferences that seem to be pretty firm and have been around a while. Maybe they will look a little different. Then you have the American there. I think from the American standpoint, things are are really solid. The AAC is in a very good spot. But I do have to wonder, uh, you know, as someone in higher academia, are we straying a little far away from the mission of of higher ed with the way these conferences are, are realigning themselves? Well, there's there's absolutely no question that it's a revenue-driven environment right now. And uh, it's a dynamic, fluid situation that we're all navigating. And despite the stability that we have on our athletics front at East Carolina and the stability, uh, the very healthy position that we're in from an American athletic conference standpoint, the broader collegiate world that we're all operating in is one that uh, we're starting to see those really high-end brands in the collegiate football space within the NCAA begin to align together. And so you see the SEC, you see the Big Ten uh, begin to make some of these moves that uh, aligns those brands around uh, a revenue strategy. And, uh, you know, we're all continuing to pay careful attention to that, to position ourselves, to uh, ensure that uh, we're doing everything within our control to be successful within our conference. And that means winning on the field in all of our sports. It means winning in the classroom and being good community representatives in, in all that we do. East Carolina University as a whole, uh, what are the big, uh, big sets of news in your mind coming out of that as far as uh, the university positioning itself to be the best it can be? in the next year, the next five years, the next decade and beyond? Well, we're having that conversation as we speak. We are on the cusp of getting ready to announce, uh, and I guess I'm talking about it today. Uh, So we are announcing it, a five-year strategic planning process. Uh, We'll kick that off this semester. We'll work through the course of the next few months to really put together what I'm calling a strategy refresh for East Carolina University. We have an excellent mission it's aligned with focused on student, focusing on student success, public service, regional transformation. But I think the key in that aspect is that we can do things really well in our own backyard and transform our region in, in meaningful ways. But the two words that a lot of people forget about is to become a national model mm-hmm. for regional transformation. So part of what we want to do is execute on our mission so well in our own backyard that the rest of the nation uh, takes uh, account for what we're doing. And it's already happening. The work that we've done with ECU Health, I'm getting calls from all over the country, from presidents and deans of medical schools who are asking yeah. us, how do we pull that off? And we've had visits to our campus. And that's how you have a regional impact with a national presence and a national brand that's being built at the same time. That branding, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying nationally. But just that branding for Eastern North Carolina, 
uh, cannot be overstated. It, it, it cannot be. We have to ensure that our hospital system and our university are aligned in meaningful ways because in, in so many ways we have the same mission. We're both aligned to approve the health and well-being of the people of Eastern North Carolina. And as I said, uh, it can be a both and. It can be an institution and an organization that serves the people of our, of our part of the state, uh, but we do it in innovative and creative ways that the rest of the country takes note. They look at us, they see us as a model, and we begin to build a, a brand that stretches far beyond uh, the eastern part of the state. There's also some online or distance, I guess, education initiatives that uh, not only East Carolina, but the system as a whole are, are starting to invest a lot of money into. Absolutely. And we have to be able to get more creative about how we reach today's students. We're seeing such dramatic demographic change throughout our uh, country today where there's fewer 18 to 24-year-old college students that are coming through our pipeline. And so that means naturally that the total addressable market, especially within the state of North Carolina, that we can recruit from is shrinking. And that's going to be the case over the next two decades or so. And so we're now turning our attention to adult students, to military-affiliated learners, and the way that we know, uh, based on the data that we see, that we can serve them most uh, intentionally is through virtual online educational experiences. And so uh, we're going to be partnering with the University of North Carolina system on a new project called Kitty Hawk that's going to be able to take the educational experience uh, into the online space and meet students where they are. And East Carolina University really owns that space in North Carolina. We we own 25% of the market of online students. We're, We're competing with the big boys across the country uh, that uh, do this day in and day out. And so we're going to try to ramp that up a little bit in a way that uh, allows us to serve more students uh, in, a, in a much more effective way. Thanks to Dr. Philip Rogers for being on with us on Saturday. We look forward to having him in the studio again sometime very, very soon. Big thanks today to Ben B-Baby Byram and also Cookie Christopher Cook, DJ C-Squared, as he likes to be known. Terrible on-air name, but, it, but you know, not it's worse, but it's not great. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow, 5 o'clock, fresh edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. We'll have the Houston Huddle for you, plus uh, comments from ECU football players from their press conference. It is the kickoff to the college basketball season with practices beginning tomorrow, and so ECU head basketball coach Mike Swartz will be uh, with uh, us, and uh, we'll have some comments from him as they have their kicking off the preseason uh, practice press availability tomorrow. Stay tuned. Inside ECU Athletics with Mike Houston is coming up next from Logan's Roadhouse right here on the flagship of the Pirates, 94-3 the game. Have a great evening, everybody.